Audible Inc. presents Existentialism, a very short introduction by Thomas R. Flynn, read by Jay Snyder. Preface Existentialism is commonly associated with left-bank Parisian cafes and the family of philosophers Jean-Paul Sartre and Simone de Beauvoir, who gathered there in the years immediately following the liberation of Paris at the end of World War II. One imagines offbeat avant-garde intellectuals attached to their cigarettes, listening to jazz as they hotly debate the implications of their newfound political and artistic liberty. The mood is one of enthusiasm, creativity, anguished self-analysis, and freedom. Always freedom. Though this reflects the image projected by the media of the day, and doubtless captures the spirit of the time, it glosses over the philosophical significance of existentialist thought, packaging it as a cultural phenomenon of a certain historical period. That is perhaps the price paid by a manner of thinking so bent on doing philosophy concretely, rather than in some abstract and timeless manner. The existentialists' urge for contemporary relevance fired their social and political commitment, but it also linked them with the problems of their day and invited subsequent generations to view them as having the currency of yesterday's news. Such is the misreading of existentialist thought that I hope to correct in this short volume. If it bears the marks of its post-war appearance, existentialism as a manner of doing philosophy and a way of addressing the issues that matter in people's lives is at least as old as philosophy itself. It is as current as the human condition which it examines. To ensure at the outset that this point is not lost, I begin my initial chapter with a discussion of philosophy not as a doctrine or a system of thought, but as a way of life. The title of Chapter 1 comes from classical scholar Pierre Edo's study of the return to the Stoics as an example of how ancient philosophy can offer meaning to people's lives even in our day. Though his preference is for the Greeks and Romans, Edo finds a similar concern in the writings of Søren Kierkegaard and Friedrich Nietzsche the so-called 19th-century fathers of the existentialist movement and among their 20th-century progeny. It is commonly acknowledged that existentialism is a philosophy about the concrete individual. This is both its glory and its shame. In an age of mass communication and mass destruction, it is to its credit that existentialism defends the intrinsic value of what its main proponent, Sartre, calls the free organic individual, that is, the flesh and blood agent. Because of the almost irresistible pull toward conformity in modern society, what we shall call existential individuality is an achievement, and not a permanent one at that. We are born biological beings, but we must become existential individuals by accepting responsibility for our actions. This is an application of Nietzsche's advice to become what you are. Many people never do acknowledge such responsibility, but rather flee their existential individuality into the comfort of the faceless crowd. 
As an object lesson in becoming an individual, in the following chapter, I trace what Kierkegaard calls spheres of existence or stages of life's way, and conclude with some observations about how Nietzsche would view this project of becoming an existential individual. Shortly after the end of the war, Sartre delivered a public lecture entitled, Is Existentialism a Humanism? that rocked the intellectual life of Paris and served as a quasi-manifesto for the movement. From then on, existentialism was associated with a certain kind of humanistic philosophy that gives human beings and human values pride of place, and with critiques of alternative versions of humanism accepted at that time. In Chapter 3, I discuss the implications of that problematic lecture the only one Sartre ever regretted publishing, as well as his contemporary Martin Heidegger's response in his famous Letter on Humanism. While the supreme